Welcome to Freedom Friday. Mark Danolo here, Art School MBA and CEO of Sales Globe. And it's that day of the week when we take a fresh look at creative, data-driven problem solving. We've been talking about ROSI, return on sales investment, and now we're looking at levers to increase your ROSI. And we're going to take a look at the lever of time. Our clients often ask us to help them figure out their sales capacity and identify areas where they can improve performance or improve productivity. And a lot of them have tried it before. They have all sorts of numbers. They have all sorts of metrics, but they don't have a lot of good answers. And for others, it's kind of this mystical question. They just want to know how to do it. So we're going to take the mystery out of sales capacity with some simple, practical calculations of two areas, sales time and workload. Sales time referring to the number of annual hours a rep spends on selling, which we know is not enough, and we'll dig into that. And workload is the number of hours it takes a rep to win a new sale for a new customer, or the number of hours it takes to manage an account for a certain type of segment. The basic calculation for sales capacity is the amount of sales time the rep has per year divided by the workload to win a new sale or a new account, or to manage a current account, which equals the number of new sales or accounts a rep can win in a year, or the number of accounts the rep can manage in a year. You multiply that number by the average revenue per sale or per account, and that equals the annual sales capacity for one rep in a particular role like an account manager. Sounds pretty straightforward. But when you start to dig into it, that's where the complexity starts, and that's where you really start to find the value. You multiply that number by the total number of reps you have in that role, and it tells you the capacity for that role. Well, let's look at some more detail and use a real-world example. So for a financial services organization we work with, the average rep has 2,000 hours of total work time per year if she works 40 hours a week for 50 weeks a year plus two weeks of vacation. If you're reading this in Europe, you can already see you've lost an additional two weeks of sales capacity with those month-long vacations. But you might be looking at this and saying, nobody works only 40 hours a week, or our people work at least 50 hours a week. You're already starting to pull together your sales capacity levers. So you apply to that 2,000 hours the fact that reps in the organization spend only about half their time actually selling because they have hours of non-selling time they spend on activities outside of their core activities. It sounds unbelievable, but it goes into things like operations, customer service, other types of things that are actually non-selling activities. And we'll dive into that later. So that leaves our rep with only 1,000 hours a year of sales time out of that 2,000 hours they have of working time. Let's take a look at the other side now. Let's take a look at workload. In our example, the rep's in a new customer selling role. I know a lot of organizations refer to new customer sellers as hunters and current account managers as farmers. A few years ago, we realized this was just too binary given the multitude of sales roles and the unique DNA requirements for each role. So we use what we call our canine model, which ranges from Dobermans, your new account sellers, to retrievers, your current account managers, to your colleagues, your customer retention roles, and, and beyond. In our example, the Doberman spends most of her time pursuing opportunities to go after new accounts. So we'll look at her workload as the average number of hours it takes someone in her role to win a new sale and a new account. Workload isn't just the number of hours it takes to win one sale. It's the number of hours it takes to work through all of the prospects in the sales funnel that result in one closed sale. A rep in this role takes, say, about 63 hours to win a new sale on average. So dividing the 1,000 hours of sales time this rep has per year by the 63 hours it takes to win a new sale tells us she can close about 16 sales a year. 
And the average revenue per sale for this Doberman roll is about $250,000. So you're multiplying 16 sales per year by $250,000 of revenue per sale. We can see the average capacity for this roll is about $4 million. You multiply that times the 125 reps in that roll, and you have about $500 million in sales capacity. So you've taken your first step toward getting visibility on your sales capacity relative to your goal. Now, if you're saying, well, that's not going to get us to our goal, you're in good company because that's the case with most sales organizations. Once you understand your organization's drivers of sales capacity, you can then figure out what you can change in each driver and how to pull the right levers to increase your productivity and increase your return on sales investment. And three main drivers are time and talent and workload. So let's take a look at one of those right now. Let's look at number one, which is time. Time is one of the sales organization's biggest assets, and it's one of the most overlooked and most wasted. If a sales rep has phenomenal skills and methodology, it really doesn't matter without the time to actually sell. So time sounds fundamental, but it's one of your organization's biggest sales capacity improvement opportunities. Most salespeople spend only about 50 to 53% of their time selling, which means about half their time is spent doing something other than selling. So before we even look at any other drivers of sales capacity, you need to recognize that if this applies to you, your sales organization is firing on only half its cylinders. So by analyzing and understanding your organization's time, rep by rep, you can then decontaminate each sales job and increase sales capacity and increase your ROSI or your return on sales investment. It's like increasing headcount without even having to hire anybody. The organizations that do this well decontaminate their sales roles by identifying that non-selling time and either eliminating those activities altogether or shifting them to a more cost-effective resource like sales support or operations or customer service or even those resources could be eliminated or decontaminated by using technology to automate those activities. So the financial services client I referred to has about $500 million of annual revenue in one of its organizations. They've got about 125 quota-bearing reps. And those reps are spending only about 50% of their time selling because they're also handling operational issues and customer service and administrative tasks. Well, why do they do that? Well, sellers are usually customer-oriented and they lean toward doing whatever it takes to serve the customer. So calls come in about service issues, operational challenges, basic requests, and the rep often takes the call and attempts to fix the issue. It's the right thing to do for the organization, but it's not the right thing to do for the job. And so the lines between sales and service become blurred. And over time, reps can find themselves spending substantial amounts of time dealing with activities like this that are just on the periphery of selling. Some reps become really comfortable with doing these kind of things. You'll hear comments like, it's my job to serve the customer, or I do whatever it takes. Well, these NRGs, non-revenue generating activities, can become the norm, and they become kind of a shield of protection from having to improve performance. So you decontaminate a job, and you ask the rep to take on more quota or go out and win more new accounts. Well, They'll hear something like, well, I've got too much on my plate with the customers I have. So the Dobermans have settled into retriever roles, and over time, they've lost their instinct to go after new customers. But the true Dobermans, they usually react differently to job decontamination. They see these things for what they are, which is contaminants. They're, they're the first to raise their hands and try to eliminate those things from their roles. 
I'll take on more quota. I'll make more money if I can give these tasks to somebody else. Could Can I get a sales assistant? So the reps in this financial services organization, they spend only about half their time selling, which as I described under the sales capacity calculation, totals about a thousand hours a year of sales time per rep. So each rep has $4 million of annual sales capacity. What would be the impact of decontaminating that role and increasing their sales time? Well, I'll give you an example. If you were able to move up just five percentage points in terms of sales time, increasing from 50% sales time to 55% sales time, that would increase your annual sales time per rep from 1,000 hours to 1,100 hours. So that's an extra 100 hours of annual sales time. So let's assume that we don't get the same amount of productivity for that additional 100 hours as we get for the current 1,000 hours because the rep has to figure out how to best use that additional time and maximize their productivity. So let's assume you get only 30% of the productivity per sales hour of those additional 100 hours that you got with the original 1,000 hours. That would give you an additional $120,000 of revenue per rep on top of the current $4 million for a total of $4.12 million. So you multiply that incremental $120,000 by the 120 reps on the team, that gives you an incremental revenue for the organization of about $15 million. That's a, quite a rosy for just eliminating non-sales activities or shifting them to other roles. Of course, that scenario and your rosy depends on two things, accurate measurement and behavioral change. So measuring time allocation anecdotally by asking reps or managers how much time they spend on selling is like trying to recall what you did every day last week down to the hour without looking at your calendar. It's guesswork at best. The most accurate way to understand your time allocation, other than putting cameras on every rep, is to do some statistical time sampling. This involves using a sampling tool like Sales Time Optimizer to take some random samples of rep days over a period of time. So rather than attempting to audit reps like Big Brother, we want to create a communications channel for reps to tell us how their jobs are working and what could improve by looking at statistical samples of days that we can analyze and understand and take positive action. So counter to the perception that Big Brother is looking at you, reps actually see this as a good communications tool to show you how you can improve their jobs. From the rep's perspective, they just log a sample day or a sample week selected at random or they submit it. From the ref's perspective, they just log a sample day or a sample week selected at random and they submit it in the system. And they'll log another sample day or a week over the next couple of weeks or months depending on the sampling schedule. And from this information, you can get a granular picture of how the organization spends its time at several levels. The most fundamental is the category of sales and non-sales. That cut alone will tell you how much capacity you have. You can go deeper and get more dimension. So activity type would tell you what people were doing in their sales time and non-sales time, like identifying customer needs or attending internal meetings. Account type and customer status could tell you things like what types of customers the reps are spending time with and whether the reps are doing new customer or current customer selling. You can also take a look at what they're selling, like product category. Or you might even be interested in contact mode. Are they spending time face-to-face -face with customers or are they spending time on the phone or on video with customers? So depending on the job, you might be surprised to find reps spending time on account management when they should be looking for new customers or they're doing internal work or phone contact when they should be spending time talking in person with their customers. You can even use this time allocation to get another angle of visibility by connecting it to your CRM system. You could ask questions like, 
Well, we know how many proposals we generate a month, but how much time do we spend developing those proposals and how do we make the process more efficient? We could also look at our sales compensation system and ask, do our top quota performers and top earners spend most of their time differently than average performers and earners? And what can we learn from that? So how willing are reps to share this information? Well, surprisingly, when they understand the benefit of decontaminating their job and they understand that time sampling isn't monitoring their every activity, they're usually pretty enthusiastic about being forthright and participating and in, in, in sharing what they know because it's going to help them improve their jobs. When the company takes action to make improvement, the rep engagement usually strengthens because their participation has produced a benefit for them. So changing behavior involves using that time allocation information to provide statistical insight and make positive change in the organization. In addition to identifying contaminants, your change can come from some of those areas we talked about. Eliminating the activities that are not high value for the job. For example, you might find reps spending time completing reports that have been a routine thing for years. It's the way they always done it, but they're no longer necessary or valuable or shifting tasks to a lower cost resource. Like you may shift the task of taking an inventory of the product at a customer location to a service role. That's more efficient of activity and, and lower cost. You could leverage technology. For example, reps might produce proposals manually and that activity could be automated by a proposal system or a quote system. One of our clients found that the cost of a system like that was covered in a pretty short period by just the time they saved and, and the productivity they increased in their sales organization. Or you can change how people work. Another client of ours, we worked, they, they measured their time allocation. They found their sales team was spending an average of only four hours a week in direct customer contact. Yeah, these were salespeople. They were supposed to be in front of customers, not in front of their desks of, or their colleagues. So we asked what was happening. Well, it turned out that they had a collaborative culture. And what collaborative culture translated to was they were in a lot of meetings and they had a passion for it. But that translated into spending hours a week in meetings collaborating internally. And the result was lost productivity. So the company was shocked when the lights went on and they saw the numbers, and it showed that their collaborative culture was actually costing them. So how could they change the way they were being collaborative? Well, the president of the company took action. She decided the internal meetings would only be conducted now on Fridays. And she went further, and she made it clear what they expected in terms of the sales team meeting out in the field, in front of customers. And with the head of sales, they set targets for sales time and customer contact time with the four days they now had in the week to be working with customers. And they also let the organization know that because this was a critical priority, it was perfectly acceptable to say no to internal meetings that couldn't be conducted on Fridays. And so literally within a period of weeks, that activity shifted dramatically. So within a period of weeks, the activity shifted dramatically. And over the subsequent quarters, the sales time and the sales results climbed and it resulted in record-setting sales for the organization increasing their return on sales investment. So next time we'll look at another lever to drive Rosie because once you know what drives Rosie, improving Rosie equals results. So try these ideas and you're free to Friday and every day.